Started. Yesterday was Daf Yud Chas number 18. Today is Yud Tas number 19. Seches Ksuvas. Of a mind for Shlema. To all who need it. And uh, get right to the review of yesterday's Daf. So, what did we learn yesterday in yesterday's Daf? So, the question is is that uh, we're talking about Rabbi Yeshua. And Rabbi Yeshua, although he generally doesn't believe. Uh, just because you say so doesn't make it true. And that was the refrain, the common refrain in the previous Mishnayot, that lo mi piha anuchayin. However, there are cases where what you say can, can, be, uh, can, can be believed and can be accepted. And the example was, is that if the person basically says that uh, I borrowed money from your father, um, or no, I bought this land off of your father, um, meaning he used to learn, long, belong to your father, but I bought it off of him, so he'll be believed, even though you know, he lacks the proof at this juncture. That's because it's what we call a pesha, asaru a pesha yitir. The question is, why was that the case that Rabbi Shua had to, had to admit to? Why couldn't we come up with a case that's more uh, related to the person directly? So the example the Gemara is trying is like a man tells his friend, I borrowed money from you, and I paid you back. And that would be believed. So the answer is, is that there's an extra chiddush in the case of the land, where if there are independent witnesses, that's a part two of the, the statement, that if there are witnesses that can show that this land did once belong to the father, so then he's not going to be believed that he bought it off his father. Um... So, but that part, you're not going to be able to put it into this case. You want to say that if there are witnesses that saw that he borrowed from him, so then he wouldn't be believed to say that he paid him. That's not true. The halacha is that uh, somebody who lends his friend with witnesses, he, the, the, the borrower does not need to pay back with witnesses. You're not choshish that he's going to come collect twice. Um, and it's not an obligation to make sure that I find witnesses to pay back in front of them. So uh, that's why... It wouldn't be true if we have independent knowledge that we wouldn't believe when he says, I paid you back. So the Gemara says, well, maybe what about another case? The Rabbi Yeshua would agree to this. A man tells his friend that I owed your father money, not land. I borrowed money from your father and I paid off partially and it'll be believed. So the Gemara says, according to who are you talking that he would be believed? If you go with the Rabbanan's opinion, who say that it's a Meshavah Veda, so that means, yes, he'll be believed. And if it's according to Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, you do need to swear. And we explained the case. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov says that sometimes a man can create his need to swear. You say a claim that has so many question marks around it, that now you have to swear to, 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 the, to exactly what you just said, okay? Which is unusual, okay? Um, and that was this case. Um, because you're being swearing on your own claim. And the Chum said, no, that it's Meshav Aveda, because he didn't have to say anything. He could, he could have easily said, I, don't, I didn't borrow anything, I knew be a potter. So uh, the question is, is that this concept of Meshav Aveda, this idea of Meshav Aveda, is something that is uh, uh, universal. We basically say, just like when you know, a guy finds a lost object, okay? And uh, he's like, he wants to return it. So do you question? He's like, well, <coughs> did you, you know, can you swear that you didn't uh, t- 
take any money out of the wallet that you return. It's like, you know, I, I didn't have to return it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the one who's initiating the, the, the return. You can't make me swear on what I'm giving back. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, like, um, that, that's basically the, I, that's the concept of Mesha Baveda. So basically, there's, we cannot force a guy to swear at all. Now, uh, Rav says that uh, the case over here is, um, and uh, that, 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 that why Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov says that uh, it's not a Meshavaveda circumstance is because there is a claim, but it's a claim of a minor. Not actually a minor, because if he's a minor, meaning he's actually under Bar Mitzvah, that claim has no validity at all. But he's a minor in the sense that he's an adult. He's just not aware of his father's, uh, his father's affairs. So that's what's going on over here. So um, how can you call that a tainas atzma? It's not really a tainas atzma. The answer is, it's, you're right, it's other people's claims with his own admission. That's also not, uh, you know, that's every, every claim is somebody else's claim with his own admission. So the Gemara says that what's going on over here is that it's, it's, it's dependent on Rabba's explanation of the concept of multiple mixtas. As we know, the Torah tells us that when somebody borrows money, and uh, he, the guy claims whatever the full amount, and he says, I paid you half, that, uh, that forces him to swear about the other half. Okay, that's the idea of motive and mix, he's obligated to swear. So Rabbi give provides an understanding, an insight, a human psychology insight. He's, basically the idea is, is that the guy would love to deny everything. The problem is, is that it's uh, uh, human frailty, that you can't be so audacious to completely deny a favor that was done when money was lent to you, okay? So if he says, I lend you, when you were in time of need, I lent you this money, and now you say, you, I don't know what you're talking about, people cannot do that. And therefore, he would love to, but he can't, because what's the thing? So why does it, what, really, because of that, because of the need to admit that you borrowed the money, so therefore, you would admit to it completely. The problem is, is that he doesn't have the full amount. So his intent is to only admit the part, so that um, he'll be able to, you know, um, you know, <coughs> totally. His intent is actually to make good on the entire debt. But you know, right now he doesn't have the money, and he'll, he'll pay it later. So that's the idea. So the Torah says, you know what? Don't let him get away with only admitting to part of the debt. Let him, make him swear to cup, to fess up to the truth. And that's the concept, that's the principle of Motive and Mixus. What does that have to do with us? It has to do with uh, uh, this. The Rebbe Ben Yaakov's opinion is, is that this idea of is only to the person who he borrowed from himself. Not to the child of that person who was collecting for his father's debts. I feel indebted to the father. The son, ah, I know that son, he was good for nothing. He, blah, blah, blah. I don't feel any, you know, any uh, need to admit. Okay? That's the con. That's how Reb Leezer ben Yaakov holds. And there, um, uh, um, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Reb Leezer ben Yaakov is of the opinion that even to the son, since it's the same debt, he wouldn't have the audacity to completely deny it. So therefore, if he's admitting in part, it's not a Meshav Aveda. He has the internal need to admit and therefore he needs to swear. And the opponents say that he has, a person will be mayas to the son, and if he doesn't, it's just a meshva veda, and therefore you cannot force him to swear. And that's the concept. All right. So the obligation yeah. will continue if the 
question of actually lent money passes away. It doesn't extinguish. Yeah, they, it doesn't extinguish the debt. The debt is owed to the inheritance. They inherit the debt. They inherit the debt. All right. Brings us to the next Mishnah. So witnesses said, it's a similar idea. Witnesses testify about the signature, and they say, yes, that, that is indeed our signature. That's Sir John Hancock over there. But we were forced to sign, and therefore the star is not a good star. Or we were minors at the time. We were kids, and it's a complete fake-out. It's not valid. I don't know if it's a complete fake-out. We were kids, we were apostle Eidos, so therefore the, the, the star is not valid. So we, they, we would believe them. That's because it's, again, uh, the same concept. Hapesha asar opesha iter. The same mouth that, that said that this is their signature is the mouth that said that, but it's not a good document in the end. However, if there's independent testimony that it is their signature, we have witnesses that it's their signature, or we have uh, other signatures of theirs that we can compare so we know it's valid, so then they cannot come back and say, oh, yes, it's true, that's our signature, but it was something forced, it wasn't a valid thing, whatever, we don't accept that. So, Rami Barakama qualifies the Mishnah, and he says, the Mishnah is only talking about where their claim of anus is a claim of monetary anus. And that's where, that if there's independent witnesses that say that it's a good signature, that's when we won't uh, believe them. But if their claim is that it, we, we were forced because our life was threatened, so then they would be believed, even though there's independent witnesses about that. Okay? So um, that's the story. Now, that's Shitas Rami Barhama. Rava says, why should, he be, why should they be believed? We have a rule. Once a person testifies about something, they cannot come back and change their testimony. That would testify is to assert that something's true. And you cannot come and say, oh, we changed our mind. It's not really true. That's, you can't re, re um, you know, that's not something that's do-overable. Okay. Now, what are you going to say? Maybe that's only when it's testimony that's given in a court of law directly, you know, from their mouth. But a written testimony doesn't work the same way. It's not true. A star is a, the written testimony is like a real testimony. It's like they're coming and making a statement in a court of law. So, if anything, this qualifier from Barham is not going on the safe of the Mishnah, it's going on the race of the Mishnah. It's basically saying this, that that's only true if they said that we're, that, that they are believed because they're, even when they're the ones verifying their own signature, they are believed because they're saying that we were on us because we were our life was threatened. But if they claim that they were forced because of monetary considerations, because they had an opportunity to make a, to, to make a buck for lying, then uh, they are not believed. And that's because they're saying a claim that we cannot accept because they're basically saying that they're ashamed, that for monetary considerations they would lie in a court of law. That's not a... That's the story. Okay. Um, so, that, now, the, the rabbis learn that uh, there's the next piece, that uh, they're not believed to apostle the, the Rameir. So, the, so, the, the, so we said like this, Tanakam and Rameir says that they're not believed to apostle the star. 
And the Chumash said that they are believed to pass the Shtar, to say the Shtar is no good. So according to Rabbanon, they're saying the reason why they are not believed, uh, uh-huh. that they are, I'm sorry, the Chumash said they are believed is because they're the ones who are giving the Shtar the validity by saying that it's their signature, so therefore that's why they're Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitir. But according to a mayor, why is it that they're not believed um, to, to say the shtar is not valid? If it's a case of psuli edos, where they're not kosher witnesses because they were um, they're gamblers or some other problem. So no lender would ever sign them up. So I understand why that's uh, very hard to believe. Um, what are you going to say, that they're minors? That's also very hard to believe. I can understand why a mayor would say that, that it's not a, it's a non-believable claim to say that they would have kids sign on a document. Um, Rish Lakish says it's a chazaka. Unless it's done b'kata. Um But what are you going to say? They're a nuisance. Why, why not? Maybe they were forced. Why can't they be believed to say that they were forced to sign? So uh, Rav Chizda says the reason is because Rav Meir is of the opinion that when if witnesses are told to sign falsely, they need to give their life up rather than sign falsely to maintain their integrity, okay? even, even, to, even to the point of where you're threatened by your life. And that is where we left off, and we're going to continue with this tomorrow. Thank you today. That's, that's